0: How's it going guys? Welcome to episode number 41 of the Lean Into Life podcast. I'm delighted to welcome on Dylan Ryan to the pod this evening for a chat. Um, uh, Dylan is an ultimate um, frisbee player um, or an ultimate flying disc. You can correct me if I'm wrong on some of this. (laughs) Um, He has played since 2012 and um, was obviously very good at it because he was selected for representing his country for the under 20 island team in 2013 which took him to germany and he's playing in the european championships um he then went on to play for the under 23s in the world championships um and then picked for the senior team mixed team in 2016 again worlds again in 2018 and europeans in 2019 um i think that's when covert hit so um uh, the 2021, I think, was cancelled, um, but he's still part of the top 64 mixed in the country, so uh, playing at an elite, elite level. Um, and as well as that, he's been a successful part of um, captaining his, his local team, his club team in Limerick um who've won three i think all islands so you can correct me on some of this (laughs) um outdoors but i think i kind of getting it kind of um so we're gonna really interest in this because it's something i've seen but not really know too much about but intriguing especially um probably not as big um over here but it's um by the looks of it very big in europe and and in the states and so on so we're going to delve into that and also about the training that goes into that and how we how dylan got into it and um and um, what it's all about, really. So without further ado, uh, welcome, Dylan, to the Lean Into Life podcast.
1: Thank you very much for having me.
0: No worries at all. So uh, is it Ultimate Flying Disc, Ultimate Frisbee? Uh, they're the same thing, is it?
1: Uh, so I suppose that for, like, the governing bodies, uh, like, so it's the Irish Flying Disc Association, because it seeks to incorporate all disc-related sports, so it also makes an effort to in- incorporate uh, disc golf, but I suppose what I actually play would be called Ultimate Frisbee.
0: Ultimate Frisbee. Um, so we'll just take you back. I suppose you started sort of playing in 2012 or maybe you started before then. But I suppose, you know, obviously traditional sports over here and you've got your your gar, you've got your rugby, your soccer and athletics, basketball. Um, how did Ultimate Frisbee come into your life? I suppose. First question.
1: Um, so it was quite lucky, really. Um, it was kind of around the time that uh, so obviously I'm Limerick based, so University of Limerick would be the closest college university to me. Uh, but they had seen work that uh UCC had done in Cork, where they'd go around to schools, and they would just coach P classes of fourth year, fifth years, and sixth years, and just try and introduce them to the sport. So okay. that year, UL actually tried to do that themselves with my year. So I was. Uh, February or March I would say of uh, sixth year and then they just came to I think two or three of my P classes and thankfully I just really enjoyed it and they were setting up a Limerick based uh, club as well that summer in June so they just kind of invited me along to play for that as well so I got an extra three months really before actually going into play college ultimate which really helped kind of I just got to know a lot a lot of the older lads going in i kind of already had a bit of friendship backing and support of them so it really made it easy to continue playing trout going into college then
0: okay and on, on the college scene in ireland is it pretty big it
1: is quite big i think nearly every university out there does have it and uh there's an intervarsity event so between colleges events that's been happening every year so every college wouldn't have one maybe two teams uh of men's and there'd also be a mixed tournament so guys and girls playing together and then we'd also have a women's division as well so it is quite big in college as well it's mainly college that people begin playing
0: yeah and i suppose i mean i've just been looking at it the last few uh, say few days or last week as well when we decided we're going to have a have a chat and um it, you know, we'll go, go on to the athleticism needed and stuff for for playing and and then going on to sort of the international level or national level. But it, it just, it looks like a lot of fun as well. So I'm sure that would, uh, you know, it would. And because it's mixed and things like that, is, it, you know, is that kind of part of it, the sort of the team and the the sort of uh, team bonding, I suppose, but it's fun as well as you're getting a workout in?
1: Yeah, that's definitely probably one of the main reasons that i've stayed playing personally myself even at the club level and going all the way up to the ireland level you kind of just develop your friends with this group of people and because everyone's so accommodating you don't really mind putting in as much effort to whether it be doing fitness or throwing or even gym work or anything like that they kind of the club nearly becomes your friends and your family throughout the whole experience especially when there's so many tournaments and everything throughout the year that you kind of nearly if if you don't really get along with them, you probably won't stick around because you end up seeing them so much. So I think that's yeah. really definitely a huge part of it.
0: Yeah, and I think just from now, I, you know, I haven't played ultimate, but it looks good. I've retired from soccer, so it could be something that I could take on board. I'm pretty it's tall, so maybe that maybe that would I can I can jump right But um, it looked it looked it looked great fun. Um, and, but I think being part of team sports, I think from an early age myself as well. Uh, I wouldn't have been the most confident person. Uh, I just seemed to be lucky that I picked up sports and I was fairly good at certain sports, but uh, I just happened to be, you know, whereas that kind of broke down a good few barriers for me in regards to meeting people, making friends, or else I think I might have struggled, you know, going into secondary school and so on. Um, did you find that, you know, I said that group cohesion and people and the fact that, you know, anyone can really, you know, mix this, you know, you can obviously play men's and women's, but also there's a mixed section. Uh, and that that um, that kind of helped with sort of you know even college and kind of going into new meeting new people was that something that you found as well Dylan?
1: Yeah I think definitely that was a huge aspect of it like as I said I was lucky enough going in early that I got to meet some of the older people and then I'd bring some of my friends then to the trainings and then everyone just kind of gets to know each other on not only in a or I'm here to play the frisbee level but you'd also then relate to them while you're playing you're doing college things with them you'd find out that all oh, someone has done that course there as well a year or two before and they can give you a bit of notes. So it really kind of, you're not just in it just to play frisbee, I suppose, is the best way of phrasing it, you know.
0: Yeah, um, and I was trying to look in at the, the rules and stuff and, and the plays and I found some in some some interesting parts to that, but we'll go into it with you. Just for the person who doesn't know or hasn't heard of it or hasn't seen it, just give us a quick rundown on, say, number of plays, the the rules, um, how how it kind of goes down that way. Okay. Um so
1: I suppose the way I'd often describe it is that um it's kind of like maybe an American football or handball hybrid, you know, there's it's a non-contact sport um and it's a self officiated one, which I suppose is maybe one of the weirdest aspects of it all, especially seeing as it was trying to get at the Olympics where it's self-refereed. It's when a foul or something occurs, it's discussed between the two teams and they have to come to the, what they believe to be the correct decision together. Um and so once you catch the Frisbee, you can't move, but you have a person marking you, trying to stop you throwing it to the next person. However, the pers- any person who doesn't have the Frisbee is free to run around the field wherever they wish to try and make it easier for you to throw to them. And then there's the, the defending team is obviously trying to stop that player catching the Frisbee. Yeah. And then you score by catching it past the end goal line. So you get a touchdown, I suppose, is an easy way of describing it.
0: Yeah, that's what kind of, kind of jumped to me when I was looking at. I had that sort of... Uh... American football kind of feel in regards to the end zone, but also, you know, you see players kind of um, you know, cutting, which for people who, who maybe not know, it's kind of you know, quick change of direction and Maybe running routes—I suppose they call them in the states. You know where you can kind of, you know, like a, a receiver. Um, but some of the accuracy and stuff was, was was really good. But I found that really interesting about the self-governing part of the sport, and they called it like the spirit of the game, where you call yeah. their own fouls and stuff like that, and and being aggressive and stuff is kind of they call frowned upon, um, and the non-contact and stuff, and also the. The stalling or the fast counting. I found that quite interesting. Yes, they are talking is, about the yeah. 10 second rule. Just explain to the guys what the 10 second thing is.
1: Um, so I suppose if, um, if I caught the frisbee, the person marking me would have to count to 10 and I have 10 seconds to throw it. Uh, but obviously counting to 10 seconds can vary quite a lot from person to person. So it really does come down to your perception of someone giving you a fair 10 seconds to throw it. And, you know, not just counting one, two, three, four, five, six, that it should be as close to an actual 10 seconds as possible. So it really does kind of get you to work with the other team to find a fair level of, you know, the physicality, the speed of the stall, all that kind of comes into each team, finding a balance of how they're willing to play together, like what physicality they're willing to receive and also give. And then also making sure to not, obviously, try break the rules by counting to 10 too fast because that is a complete perception as well you know there is no stopwatch on the field or no game clock or no shot clock it's really just the person in front of you counting the 10
0: so it's kind of up to the sort of sportsmanship of the person and uh
1: yeah not to go when it oh, 10 that's it <laughs> as best um, people can anyway
0: and then sort of your transition, then obviously you you realise, actually, I'm I'm pretty good at this. Um, uh, or other people kind of noticed that or whatever. But um, how did you go from sort of club or university then to sort of national to, to to the Irish under? I think it was the under 20s you started with, to start with. Yeah. How did that come about and where did that sort of bring you in regards to sort of, I know you did a bit of tournaments around Europe and stuff or maybe further afield. You might just develop that.
1: Yeah. Um so I suppose as I said, I started in twenty twelve and I was going into college then in September twenty twelve and the club team, the like the Limerick club team, I suppose, not related to the college team, was beginning at that same time. But with Frisbee being kind of such a small community, you'd be the same the exact same players that are on the university team were on the club team. It's just the seasons are separate. So club and college season are separate times of the year, so people can play both. And then uh, the junior ultimate, so the under-20s or under-19s, as it goes some years, it was actually kind of kicking in. I think it might have been 2009, 2010, or even 2011. I think might have even been the first one. I'm not entirely sure, but I know it was in Poland. And that kind of just began a couple of years before me. So as you, it was kind of then quite a big deal for them to have someone who was under 20 in first year of college, who had played Frisbee enough that they could, you know, possibly get on an Ireland team so I was kind of just told by the likes of I suppose Niall McCarney and Barry Walsh and these people in in my university years who kind of came to my school and coached me I suppose they really kind of pushed it forward you know go try the trial give it a go and um, and kind of make it a learning experience
0: wow um and how was that first sort of uh was it first tournament was that the europeans or something was that in germany how was that experience
1: um yeah the first one was great um because obviously frisbee is so new as well that a lot of people we'd all only been playing about the same amount of time of you know less than a year you know wow i suppose if i started playing in march 2012 the ireland tournament was on in august 2013 so just over a year really is what people were playing and some people playing even less because the sport is so new so you, Kind of going in with maybe an athletically kind of background and being reasonably fit is what really kind of carried us all through at that stage. And then we've just been lucky enough to keep on developing as we've gone.
0: And how did I obviously you hadn't as a team played for too long. How did you match up against some of the the other teams maybe had a bit more experience or how did that go um, when you went over for those championships?
1: Um, when we went over, I think we came uh, ninth. So I think we came just outside of the top eight. But mm. all of our games were quite uh, close in score. Really, do you know, I think what I think one of the only teams that we got, you know, beaten badly by was uh, the German team. But they've had, you know, they've had a lot of their players playing through the secondary school system. So I oh, suppose this okay. is kind of where Ireland. So we they had a bit more experience than us. But I think every other game was great, and I think our our team personally, I think we've had training camps over the course of the year. I think we were meeting nearly every weekend to try and obviously develop us to be as good as we could. And other experienced players from, you know, who were playing in the older age brackets are more than willing to kind of take us under the wing and the training and impart their guidance on us, I suppose. Um, But it was just a great time for us, really, because obviously, you know, we're all young and new at the sport and it was just nice to go to Germany for a time. But then we've also grew together as a team and got to learn a lot as a team, which we've carried through ourselves now and coaching other teams ourselves.
0: Yeah, I suppose that, in, that experience is, is pretty invaluable, isn't it? Um, where you're you're learning off, as I said, like the Germans who have probably been playing for a while. Um, and, you know, do you think it's something, do you know of any secondary schools that are kind of getting interested in it yourself or...?
1: uh around Limerick at the moment there are quite a few I know we've we're going to Crescent Camp. uh we're going to I think Villiers we used to when I was there as well Castle College is still going strong and kind of all around Ireland it's still going on and that junior team that I played on uh, I think a couple of years ago they actually got to do the same age bracket actually got to the final of the European Championship so the the effort to go into the secondary schools you know, early in the time and get TYs already playing has really kind of boosted the sport that we're now bringing in players with, you know, two to three years' experience at uh, under-19 level, which has stood to us a lot now.
0: Yeah, that's massive to get that rather than coming. In. As you said, they could be athletic, but, like, there's obviously different skills involved. And again, yeah. um, them in young or at least a couple of years under the belt before they go into, into sort of a college... Um, That'll be, um, you know, great, great experience. And obviously they'll kick you on. And so I suppose coming from sort of, you know, s SNC or strength and conditioning background myself and worked with teams, um, in the gym and say on the pitch and stuff, just from looking at some of the athleticism, um, and it involves a lot of jumping. So you've got like vertical jump stuff, you've got power work, obviously. There's a lot of cutting, so sort of change your directions quickly, sprinting, jogging. You know, there's a lot of different variables, a lot of energy systems in play there. So, what type of training uh, is it similar training you do for? other team sports you've been in or is there any specific stuff you do for Ultimate?
1: Uh, I suppose what's changed recently in in my opinion, I mean, the Irish Frisbee scene is that a lot of us have actually started getting on um, gym plans now designed for Ultimate Frisbee. Okay. So, so some of us on the 2019 Ireland team, we were on a, a plan called GPP. GDP. So that is game point performance. And it's actually... Uh, ran by some ultimate frisbee players in America. Okay. Uh, so that gave us, uh, it's called high and low sessions. So we'd have two high gym sessions a week and one high sprint session. And then we'd also have uh, two low uh, running sessions. So we'd have conditioning tempo runs or aerobic power intervals or just a cardiac output for a relaxing day or a rest kind of a day, really. So it'd often be about five days a week for the strength and conditioning side. And then obviously you'd still have to do your practicing, your throwing and all that outside of it as well.
0: Five days a week. That's pretty, pretty intense. But I like, I like what, what, what that sounds like, because what, when I had a conversation with a basketball player, and he's a strength and conditioning coach himself and a physical therapist. And we talked about a lot about that with a lot of coaches and a lot of sports, maybe we talked about guard, but you could say for a number of sort of sports where there isn't really a plan as such. Um, they're kind of nearly, you know, from an SNC background, what you said there was was great. You know, you've got your sort of high low, you've got your sprint session, you've got your tempo stuff. So you've got your each sessions working on a different, you know, yeah. part that's specific to your sport. Whereas you'll find sometimes a lot of coaches, um, now it's getting better, I think, but it would just be let's throw everything into the the same session. You know, whereas, yeah. you know, from an SNC background, myself, it'd be like, you know, if you're training speed. Your train speed that session, do you know what I mean? You're not going to throw in some long distance stuff, or you know, you know, if it's a power session, it's a power session, do you know? So, is that kind of how you're 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 working? So you're working on those different elements of the game, and then yeah. it all comes together then.
1: And then it helps, yeah, it all comes together, and at the end, and it kind of helps that when we started doing it, uh, the GPP they were uh, an Amer, they obviously played frisbee as well, but uh, I suppose another person who's kind of driven the strength and conditioning in Ireland is uh, Fiona Myrna and uh so she actually runs uh a uh, therapy for octop- optimal performance so that's uh top strength and conditioning but she's also a former or still does play ultimate frisbee herself and is a, a physiotherapist and a, a strength and conditioning coach so okay. she's kind of adapted uh she ha- she is now the strength she's the strength and conditioning coach for Ireland now at the moment for the oh. frisbee and i suppose the two main club teams in Dublin uh Ranla and Gravity uh, they are both a lot of their players are all on her strength and conditioning plan uh, and I personally I found when I went on the plan of GPP at the start and I did a bit of Fiona's as well it was just quite well laid out of the app and this is what your workout is for the day whether it be high A high B high C low A or low B and then you can kind of track your performance as it goes then throughout all the time track your, track your PRs and all that and it's you know you kind of had a bit with Fiona's plan in particular because she was Ireland-based you could get a physio session, all that kind of stuff if you needed. And it did help a lot then that she knew about Frisbee and had come from a Frisbee background. So she kind of understood the ins and the outs of what the body went through, the kind of general movements that are needed, you know.
0: And what would be the main movements in the sport that in, in Ultimate that you would more so feel like that you'd work maybe obviously you've got your agility, change direction, jump, you know, power work and stuff. Do you find there's, there's certain things you'd spend more time working on um, or compared to say, I don't know, GAR or soccer? It?
1: Um, so I suppose in relation to this, because, you know, Ultimate Frisbee is seven aside, but you can make unlimited subs on the team. It's really kind of about being able to sprint all out for what might be the two minute point or something like that. Okay. And then you'll get your break and that, then you'll have maybe another two minute point to recover. So it's kind of high intensity, but also getting a high recovery rate as well. So that when you go back onto the line, whether it be in one or two points time or three points, as it may be sometimes that you, your body is recovered and you're ready to give a maximum output again.
0: So there's a lot of sort of, you know, I suppose you've got anaerobic work there as well. Um, and for two minutes is a long time. So, that endurance is the neuropic endurance, that like glycolytic kind of work as well. Um, uh, the fitness, um, I'd say, needs to be, you know, if you're constantly running for, for two minutes. And is it generally kind of a man marking, woman marking, you know, that kind of thing? Is generally it really? I it think is, they do yeah. zones sometimes as well, don't you? But we is do zones
1: as well. Obviously, windy conditions and rain can obviously play a big factor because the Frisbee, you know, it's only 175 grams. So, if it is quite windy out or wet out, mistakes can happen on the frisbee a lot more so then it's sometimes like that you might play a zone but different teams kind of play different styles i know for the limerick team pelt we generally we kind of mix it up a bit we do uh person mark defense or we do a zone mark but it might often depend on the team that we're playing against if you know they're really good if we think that we're much faster and fitter than the other team we might just go all out person defense for a while
0: yeah and uh sort of the recovery side of things is where do you find the most um sort of niggles and things? Is it is it due to certain things, your kind of constant sort of movement or change direction, or do you find that obviously recovery is massive and I think it's a huge part of this, this that I've over the years, I think has been something that they're you know, i remember having young lads coming in, 15, 16 God might be playing four or five times a week, you know, play overplaying too much, and they're breaking down even at a young age hips and, and things like that. Where would you find, uh, obviously recovery is important, but um, in your sport, what type of sort of niggles or little injuries would be something that would be common?
1: I suppose uh, sometimes it's kind of in hamstrings. For a lot of people, uh, it's ankle, ankles and making sure your ankle mobility is fine because, as you said earlier, there is a lot of sharp turning on both ankles and knees. And I know for myself there in the last year now, I've kind of started getting a little bit of tendonitis in the knees just from the impact, I suppose, that it takes. Um, But generally it does take a little bit of, you just have to rest for a little bit. And I know for the tendonitis, I kind of just have to not go as hard sometimes as you said, but I suppose this is where having the likes of someone like Fiona Myrna, who is your strength and conditioning coach, who knows the impacts that your body can go can maybe like reassign your training somewhere else. And, so you can still get your fitness in without actually, you know, impacting another part of your body or making it a niggle or an injury worse.
0: Yeah, exactly. And the, you know, I think I said she's she's got the right idea in regards to how important that is to performance. Um, I think that's that's become even more apparent. I think so now it's actually a modality is important to get your the right recovery and, um, uh, and we touched about it I think just before um we started chatting about sort of the when you get into sort of national level and, and uh, like you have the sort of the the psychology of things as well um you did you mention you had somebody came in or you had some kind of um, a sports site come in just to what type of things that they go through um with the team or if you can remember anything
1: yeah uh so in 2015 when we were under under 23 Ireland team uh some of the guys were still in UCC and there's a sports psychologist down there I actually don't remember his name at the moment but I think we did three sessions with him overall just to kind of understand our maybe our own issues in the moment as we're getting ready to play at this high level of I suppose the one thing I really remember of the talking about being in the state of flow where yeah you're feeling confident and your body is also feeling confident that the moves that you make are going to be correct, but then also not to be dwelling, I suppose, on any little mistakes that it might impact your performance in the future and finding the balance between giving everything, but not overextending to something that you can't do is kind of the main, main bits that I remember from back then.
0: Yeah. No, I think that, that sort of flow state is, um, and, and as you said, and I had, I think I asked that question, Brendan Maloney, he's a guy who is from Kalani. He went over to play, he got selected, he was scoured by Nottingham Forest Football Club. He went over and he ended up playing there for a while. He was at different clubs and, you know, we were talking about that side of things and like the psychology, like if you give a bad pass, for example, you could spend up the next half an hour stressing about this pass, you know, whereas you could say, look, that has happened. Um, it's a mistake, but look, we'll get back in. The next one is going to be, you know, I'm going to make sure that one's a good pass, you know, whereas, you know, so I think it does play a huge, a huge part in it. Um, and uh, no, it's great that, you you know, you've, uh, and I think the everyone's goal is to get into that flow state where it just is like sort of on autopilot, you're just in this state where everything just seems to, you know, be, 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 be flowing and going well. Um, and I think at the top level, I think it does make, and it has made to, you know the Dublin team, the Limerick Curlers, You know they 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 put a big, um, a big emphasis on the, the psychology of um that extra little bit that that. And I think the Limerick colours, um, I think Corrid, I think her name is, um, she's done wonders with them. And it was kind of like before, if they were losing, they'd panic. You know, they would, you know, just smash the ball away, trying to, you know, really push to get a point rather than. Okay, that's fine. We're a few points down, but we're gonna come back and Let's just play the ball to the to to a player and just work our way up and not panic and whatever she did over the, you know, with the with the stuff she did and, and obviously they've no one was it a couple of back-to-back all islands there or, mm-hmm. um so that's interesting now about that uh um that's kind of fascinates me that 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 sort of extra um bit that you can get to by um just focusing in on the on the psych psychology of it um that's really interesting um so you kept going to sort of 2019 I suppose and then 2020 was kind of cancelled obviously for everyone (laughs) in the world um what's the situation now are you still playing as your club uh, and so on How, how how are things how have you been through the lockdown and practice and this type of stuff
1: um, yeah, so I'm still playing at the moment. We actually had our all ireland there in September, so we finally got to play a tournament after you know a year and a half, so it was quite good to be back. Uh, I suppose things that have kind of changed is, obviously as some other sports probably see as well with COVID, some people are happy enough now to take the break, now that real real world is back, that they want to go do other things and just sport, especially something that people can consider as niche as this. Um, but I, so now I suppose there's a lot of effort in the Irish community, ultimate Frisbee community, that is, of growing the sport as best we can. So I know the IFDA, sort of Irish Flying Disc Association, they're now giving out grants to run small tournaments. In previous years, we would have always ran nearly every month. Or I, I know from my side, when I was in college and playing club and playing Ireland level, you're playing either a tournament near, nearly every month or you're playing. Are you having a training weekend every month? So you had a very busy, you had two or three of your weekends every month were gone and they were always big events. Like So the tournaments could have 16 to 20 teams at them and it'd be a two-day event. Whereas now, obviously, because the community is kind of smaller and you can't have as many people in one venue, I know that they're giving out little grants so that people can run smaller, more localised tournaments. So regions like Dublin have little blitzes uh, I know Limerick we did it ourselves with the college team as well there recently we just had a two-day tournament during the, or the four days of a tournament but it was spread out over two weeks of just all the college players and some of the club players from uh, Limerick all played just on random teams together just to kind of get people back into the sport getting you know also building the social interaction of the university and the club players so there is a lot of push now being made for As I spoke about earlier in the schools, getting the schools back into playing and also just getting people in mid 20s, 30s and so on, playing the sport and being more open to it. And uh, I suppose one thing that's actually happening in Limerick in uh, the 25th of June and July next year is the Masters World Ultimate Championships is taking place. So that's uh, like 128 teams. I think there's going to be nearly 3000 players in Limerick next year hosted in UL. And that's those players are for the Masters age for men is 33 and it's 30 for women. So obviously there is still a huge drive around the world for people to still keep playing. So, you know, I suppose there's a huge effort now to get people, number one, back into playing the sport on a level and then also getting them to keep playing at a high level like the Masters that will be there. So hopefully that the spectacle that will be in Limerick next year will be just great advertising for people whether they be down walking their children or just walking the dog or anything like that and then seeing something kind of different and then yeah it's all really exposure at the end of the day of just promoting it and getting people to normalize it and then be like oh i might give this a go you know and it's never too late really to give it a go is the grand thing of that as well as you know with the masters working so
0: what, what about a 41 year old retired had a bit of a dodgy
1: achilles says, can, can i get involved Oh there's great grandmasters you know there's definitely plenty of time and space yeah
0: the grandmaster i like that og yeah that's the og but um no I, that's what i actually miss from i tried a bit of rowing actually in the summer which was good i might have never been in a boat in my life but uh it was something different because uh i'd finished playing i played soccer for 30 years and and i eventually well i was kind of forced to retire with a bit of an achilles rupture but anyways we're over that now um but it was uh no, it just sounds like I played a bit of tag rugby before and stuff, Do you know, something um you know different. And I think as you said, people seeing that for the first time, I think be really intrigued. And I am just from just from sort of uh, Googling and YouTube over the last few days. It looks really, really fun, but also really, you know, really cool. But there's a lot, you know, the competitions there and you know, you see them people like diving for the 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 frisbee and mm-hmm. Making unreal catches in the air. There's some serious jumping going on as well, and that you can see this the skill, the skill there, like short passes. And then you've got this sort of uh, how you can kind of gauge the flight of it into the end zone and stuff. It's really cool. So um, now I think it's definitely something I didn't realize the level. You know, if you're talking about thousands coming into the UL next year, like that's yeah, that's amazing it's amazing. Big, to big see. event, like yeah, uh... yeah, it's amazing to see. And uh, I'm all about you know, it's especially over here you know you can especially down in Kerry here it's like f- football football gar, gar, gar is life you know whereas uh,
1: you know it's change it's, uh, yeah something and it's, different it's, to see on a Saturday or Sunday morning
0: yeah and it's great it's great to see that variety uh in in sport and to know that is that actually you know pretty pr- pretty big in Ireland which is great to, great to see I know we touched on the the physical training but what about the skills training uh Dylan um you know in regards to throwing and stuff how do you sort of train yourself that way um and um you know is there different skills you can do with a frisbee like different sort of holes i know somebody you can throw with different sort of sides you know your strong side and then the other side and maybe putting a spin on and stuff how, how, how do you train for that
1: yeah so there's you know you're kind of in frisbee you're kind of forced to throw side, and there's you know two main throws of like a backhand and a flick so they're on both different sides of your body so you have to go out and practice those quite frequently really because as i said earlier you know even rain and wind has a huge impact on it so it really you sometimes you do have to go out in the wind and the rain if you only go out in a very sunny day to go throwing you're going to be a great player but you might only be a great fair weather player so yeah there is a lot going out practicing throwing practicing different release points you know putting different you can put a lot of curve on the disc as well the disc can arc so it's really kind of just getting used to what you can and can't do and can't throw and obviously the more variety you have in the bag for throws obviously the better player you'll be that side so it's kind of finding a balance between being a very strong athletic player and also then finding being able to make great throws or very consistent throws And just mix and matching it obviously there is time you know this is an amateur sport so you really have to kind of balance your social life your personal life and then this frisbee life for want of it and work life and everything so you kind of have to strike the balance so I know a lot of us kind of we go throwing after our running just so that we're kind of used to game situations where you're a bit tired as you will be in a game and then you'll get to practice throwing in the wind or the rain so it's really just kind of taking what you can give and any opportunity to go out throwing really is a good one because 20 minutes, 30 minutes of throwing, go out with someone from the house. And again, especially in the lockdown, that was a huge kind of a little relief. You go outside of the house, go out throwing for 10, 20 minutes even, and it's just a little bit of fresh air.
0: Yeah, that's actually a great point because um, that was quite a question that I was asked earlier on, but you've kind of answered there, like, you know, with, you know, you're, you're, you're at college, you're obviously part of a team and, um, and you're, you know, everyone's locked down, you couldn't, you couldn't play, but the fact that, you know, you could, as you say, get out the house and, you know, you're, 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 for one, for the mind, but also just, you know, you're obviously practicing as well. So that was a great outlet to, to keep you busy, I suppose.
1: It was, that yeah, it definitely well. was
0: yeah and uh hopefully we won't go back into it again <laughs> um but uh yeah the, the just in regards to that sort of flick action do you find shoulders or wrists is a do you do a lot of work on mobility of that area do you know the kind of the flick of the wrist i've I'm only saying that because i'm going to an essence what well, that physical therapist kind it
1: is a lot in a wrist motion but it yeah it, it kind you kind of have to toughen everything everything doesn't have to be amazingly tough but it all needs to work well together like i know some people if they get a shoulder injury you know they can't really quite put as the same amount of power or snap into it they used to so they have to go rehab that then so you kind of need to take care of all of the body because even if you jarred your finger your thumb or some people even hurt their elbows from those layout bids as you were talking about earlier and it really becomes difficult to get the proper snap on the disc to create the spin then yeah. So you really do have to then go looking after the body and making sure that everything is working and also working together to get the best throw possible.
0: Yeah, and just so on the game, so on those seven players, do you all move around everywhere? Uh, I know you can run, obviously running off the ball is really important because you, you can't move, you can only move one step, isn't it, when you get the the frisbee. So are you kind of constantly sort of, you, you wouldn't necessarily have forwards and backs or it just generally be... Um, or would you have general lads or girls who'd be good at certain or catching or throwing, or would it just be everyone's kind of moving?
1: Yeah, so it does actually get split that way, Like uh, especially at the high level on Ireland. You know, in, in club level and college level, everyone kind of has to play a bit of both offense and defense. Yeah. Um, so my personal role is I generally play a D-line cutter, so my job is to go out and I'll mark the man and try and prevent him getting the disc. And then if I prevent him getting the disc, then my team gets a chance to score down in their end zone. Okay, so, my, so that's my general role. Complete, but we also yeah. then have two roles of a handler and a cutter. And I suppose the handler is someone you could liken to a quarterback who has the best throws on the team. You know, there'd be two or three of them on every, hopefully on every line of every seven that goes out. And you're, they're the people that you want to keep the disc in their hands the most. And so then they, they'd they pass they it do off do to Hail someone Mary, like me. the Hell yeah, season, do the, the Hail Mary if needed, needed and, it'd be then my job to kind of I'd run around and get free for them and they'll throw to me and I can still make all these throws fine you know if I want to throw it far I can throw it far. but it really then becomes we want to kind of keep it and th- some people just are much better at throwing than others so we want to kind of keep the frisbee with them but they can't obviously move once they have it so they have to rely on the other people the cutters to get free whether it goes for the Hail Mary as you said to the end zone and you score even sh- several short passes just to work it all the way up the field, you know? So there's, there are two main roles like handlers and cutters. Okay. And then there's some people who are better at offense and some people who are better at defense, but that's only really when you get to the high level at college and club, you kind of people play a bit of everything really.
0: Yeah. I saw a couple of, sort of, action shots and people doing like you know diving blocks and stuff and stuff like that you know so that sort of hand eye coordination that kind of reflexes I suppose uh, if you want to call it is is important I suppose because um you know there could be little short passes here and there so if you're sort of um what's the word I'm looking for kind of reading the game um if you're good at that you can maybe intercept it and then as you said it turns the turns the frisbee over then
1: yeah, and gives your team the opportunity to score the other way. Yeah, so it it does come down to that. Then some people are better at that, and other people are then better at the offense where they're just great at maybe running right to the end zone, and they're great handler can throw it all the way to them. So it's just kind of finding when you get to the high level of it, what everybody's ta- where everybody's talents lie, and then yeah. how to um, make sure um, that they stay strong
0: and put them all together, and then they should have a winning team. Then yeah, uh, and how many goals is it to to? Is there a certain amount you have to get to? to um, win?
1: You have to get to fifteen, and then the there's a time cap also on uh, the games. So the time cap kind of changes per tournament depending on how much time slots. But you could often play a hundred minute game for Ireland.
0: Wow, um, that could be. Uh, and then obviously getting uh, to fifteen is
1: the winner. It is a long one. The the, the hundred is with a ten minute break as well. I think.
0: Oh, okay. So. Um, but the fact, yeah, you can't because sometimes you know where you're if you're playing or certain sports, you might get a bit of a breather. No, you obviously do, but like you could be the points, there's no set time limit, is there? You could be going, as you said, for a good could few be minutes. You going the
1: whole time, yeah. But as I said, like I, it does kind of depend on the tournament as well. Some tournaments could be 75 minute games, some could be 80 minute games. It really depends on the slot, but yeah, the point could go on for five minutes, it could go on for 10 minutes or It could just be one throw and the whole point's over and you can put on a few fresh seven subs. So it is kind of, everybody has to be fit on the team, even though some people might play a point that lasts one minute and some people might play a point that lasts five minutes.
0: That's really interesting. I'm very interested. I want to have a go. (laughs) I don't know if there's any ultimate ultimate down here in Kerry. I might have to check it out. Um, I, I played a bit of Frisbee golf once.
1: That yeah was... i i actually haven't done that myself at all and i I know that there is a frisbee golf place in ireland i think or there used to be one but sometimes people can i know well we've only gone kind of messing around throwing the poles but it is another way just to uh, getting people out and going throwing around a little bit
0: yeah i played that in new zealand i think and it was um it was good fun as a gang of us and we were um i say I was very good at it, but uh, you used to bit of frisbee over the years, you know. Um, but uh, that was that was good fun. But um, no, definitely we'll have to have to have a go at that at some stage. And yeah. when's that tournament happening? Um, uh, next year. Uh,
1: the Masters one is happening in the twenty fifth of June to the second of July in UL. Um, and I think there there's a junior tournament on as well. For our, us seniors, there's nothing on yet, but for the Masters, there is.
0: We could just to go and have a have a a, a watch yeah. and, and It'll see. It'll all spe- be it's spectac- all going
1: to be streamed on YouTube as well, I believe. So it's really going to be trying to access um, as many people as possible.
0: Very good. And what's the sort of future um, future hold? I suppose it's a very big open question. But um, <laughs> yeah. in regards to frisbee, like um, island level and stuff like that, when are they? Is there uh, an idea when you can start playing again, or?
1: Uh, so at the moment, I know for Team Ireland, we have sort of 64 of us. And I think there's 34 men and 31 women. or So I think it's something like that. So it might be, it could be 63 men and 61 women or something like that. Or 34 men and 31 women. And then there's 64. Of us, of And we'll play together uh, on, a, on a February training weekend, a March training weekend and a May training weekend or something like that. And then there'll be a tournament for us in 2023, I think is the next one. So I suppose the purpose of the team Ireland is while there mightn't be a tournament for people of our level people need to still play at a high level. For example, the women's Ireland team uh, actually won the European Championships there in 2019 in Gior. Wow. And that was unprecedented for like I know none of no Ireland team had ever gone and won a tournament. I think in 2015 the mixed team got to a final at the European Championships. So there has been like pockets of really high high level and the teams do quite well but obviously i'd imagine for the women's side they really want to be going for being some of the best in the world now that they've proved that they are the best in europe and then that kind of goal is driving on the guys then as well to really strive to deliver and so it is the goal i suppose is also to hopefully make the olympics maybe at some point i know we've been shortlisted for it at one point Amazing, uh, so it is recognized it? by the Olympic committee, which is good, but getting into it then is the getting actually into the Olympics is the next probable step.
0: The next step that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? To be able to to go and to something of that that magnitude. But um, you know, I, I actually work with um uh did a work with the Irish season, uh the the women's Irish basketball team. Um and you know, pull yourself as well, like talk about funding and, and but the, in regards to the, they've, they've now gone on to the next level, like playing the bigger teams because they qualified in, you know, and I think the men as well. But it just shows there is, you know, there is talent, um there's talent in Ireland as well and then be able to compete with the best teams. And in regards to Ultima, who, who would be the best sort of countries or, uh, in it? Obviously the states, but, uh, would
1: be up Yeah, there, the states it. and Canada generally and in the world level anyway the states canada and japan are quite often highly up there Um, i know the australians have done quite well as well in recent years um obviously the last time that we'd seen a world tournament was 2016 because we were meant to have it in 2020 but it was called off so i know in 2016 it was the main across men's women and mixed i think it was usa canada australia all floating around in japan so they'd be kind of the four big ones really that people are going at at gb do or great britain do quite well across the board as well so they'd be the real ones the main ones that everyone's kind of looking at generally when the opportunity comes around so obviously that's why we're kind of trying to develop ireland now because nobody has any real rankings now because it's since 2016 so or you can still be ranked but there is a bit more there's a world of unknown out there now of you know who's gonna be on that team. It could be a, a completely different team than the team that went in twenty sixteen, or it could be still a few people holding on, or it really then depends on the development and the youth bring up from those countries to make those teams because twenty twenty three is still a bit away, it's nearly, you know.
0: Yeah, exactly. And is it still amateur status everywhere, or is there plans to maybe push it into more of a semi sort of Professional setup, or is there some countries that do kind of put obviously more funding into into it?
1: Uh, I think it is. It is still quite an amateur status at the moment. I know in America there is a professional league, the AUDL. Okay. And they obviously are planning on bringing out their own video game to create more exposure and obviously generate revenue for it as well. But those players will be paid. I don't think it's. I think that maybe I don't know. Is that how much money they're actually paid? But it's definitely not in something you know, like we're talking a soccer player level or anything like that. So yeah, yeah. it's still kind of, you know, they still have their date. Like a lot of them are, some of them are strength and conditioning coaches and that kind of stuff. So yeah, there is professional out there, but it's nothing super at the moment
0: yeah hopefully that'll that'll change so the more you can expose it to people like they're doing over here in tournaments like that it's going to be in ul and streaming it yeah. i said you can stream it everywhere now so that's the good thing and that is it people will be interested in, and what i find you know there's a lot of a drop off especially with women um drop off at a certain age from sports because there's obviously dominated by certain sports especially over here so the fact that something like that could be open to as i said and it's you know there's mixed teams which is great um, yeah. and there are only individuals so that that kind of keeps you know um females who do tend to maybe drop off after sort of secondary school in sport and uh, and it's, that, that's that's an amazing thing as well
1: yeah and the, like frisbee is still because it's so you know young and new really well maybe it's not that young technically but it is so still unrecognized that you can but you could find a level of it anywhere whether you want to play the highest level or you just want to play maybe a pickup once a week like a friendly game once a week you yeah. um, you there are those options out there and i think that's really what the irish teams are trying to do now by the ifda giving out some uh, a little bit of money to kind of run those little tournaments you know and make it more accessible to people and then you know maybe once they go once or twice a week or once or twice a month even they might when it comes to the full summertime they might want to go oh, i go twice a week now and you know and they'll get to know they, but they'll already know people then from being in those little leagues that are already created they'll know the, the people that will be there two three days a week anyway so it's less of a shock to the system or less of a completely new thing for you going into you already have knowledge of how to play the game and you also have knowledge of the people that will be there yeah
0: that sounds brilliant um I might start up a league Dylan here I might just start yeah what Get
1: about carry that Get the, carry <laughs> going, yeah.
0: the ultimate carry championships yeah uh, <laughs> um, but we've got plenty of parks plenty of open spaces here so uh, um and is it a particular type of frisbee or like obviously the ones you play it um
1: oh, the ones the, we play with a particular type and um, they're like 175 grams they're a special weight so it's so they are different to the ones that you'd buy in the store generally and they are a bit they are definitely different to the ones that people use for disc golf i know in disc golf they seem to have a few different types of smaller lighter discs Oh, okay so it is kind of like it i would say i would describe me a slightly bigger and heavier frisbee really yeah oh very good um
0: yeah inspired i might have a go myself
1: yeah, yeah. I'll drop you down if you hear you next time I'm down in Clarity, yeah. Exactly, exactly.
0: Um, that's brilliant. Uh, I don't want to keep you for too long, but we're going to finish with, this I'm going finish the podcast with, a, we, I call it the final three. <laughs> um, <laughs> quick fire. No, 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 not really. Uh, just uh, last few questions there. And um, so first one, has anyone sort of inspired you, Dylan, over the years? Um, it could be Frisbee related or not, but uh, any sort of inspirational mentors people
1: uh you've seen or talked um, to I suppose, well from my side the people that kind of made me keep playing you know were um uh, Niall McCarney and maybe Barry Walsh and it's Barry Walsh who's actually one running one of that that uh Masters tournament and I suppose they kind of inspired me to number one take up Frisbee but they also inspired me to keep playing and then also go to a higher level purely because they were you know the social aspect behind it that I was also friends of them and then they were also quite good Frisbee players as well kind of kept me wanting to chase the gap and always close the gap to them being great and then the fact that you go out and just hang out and not play frisbee sometimes as well is kind of a big inspiration to me of being able to do the high level of high level frisbee and also just hang around and do whatever you want really do you know it's a nice work-life balance maybe shall I say it. yeah
0: exactly and you love you love it and you enjoy it and you know you're good at it as well and it's taken you know, I said you've traveled a bit of the world as well
1: is, so, yeah um,
0: happy days um brilliant uh second question I've kind of robbed from another podcast um the high performance but uh it's is basically what kind of traits um do you think you know you would need um to I suppose achieve Let's say high performance whether that um you know in a sort of a team situation and um, what kind of um traits or skills would
1: you need to to get to sort of a high level um so i suppose coming from our side in limerick our team is our team is there's not as many limerick player not as many players in limerick as other counties shall we say because there's just not as many people here and so what kind of made us in limerick want to be good and strive to be good and we've been in the final now for the last couple of years and we've won quite a few things over the years as well as what made us want to be really good is that we were all friends and Yeah, we didn't want to be bested by our friend either. But at the end of the day, when it comes to game day, we're all still playing for them to be at the high, high level. So it's like a friendly competitiveness throughout the year that, you know, drove us to want to go out in the rain. It drove us to want to, you know, run harder, run faster and then put in all the extra gym effort, all the throwing effort that comes in. So obviously, I think you kind of need to really enjoy being on the team that you're in, I think, to get that high performance level for any sport.
0: Yeah, no, I love that answer, and I think that's what it's about. I mean, let's look at the sort of the, the the PSG kind of uh, example with um, lots of individuals, and then you look at a team where they're all working together, they're all pushing the right direction, they're all for each other. Um, and um, you know, looking at Leicester Cities over the years, and, and people like that, where it's not necessarily all about really, really good individual players, but if you can get the work ethic of the team, the bond, they're all friends. You can yeah. achieve huge things um, in life in general, um, in your circle of friends, and and then also cross over to sport. So, brilliant answer. I really loved that one. Um, and last one is: Has have you come across any book, podcast, audio,
1: uh,
0: Audible, uh, anything that you've read or or listened to that you're like, wow, this is this is gold. This is uh, this has kind of made me think or think in a different way.
1: Uh, about a, a high performance sport or just in general in, genu- in
0: general really yeah it doesn't necessarily have to be sport related but just any sort of book that you've read or you've listened to a podcast that you're like wow just that's that's cold
1: uh, I suppose it might be my limerick bias coming in but I do really enjoy the blind boy podcast just oh for, he's very good he's very good just, yeah too. <laughs> you know, the whole being a nice guy and mental health and everything and kind of goes with it and getting through life while also being happy I suppose really is the main thing you know at the end of the day, your happiness is everything. You know, we can all we'll all go into the ground with <laughs> zero in the bank account. So you might as well have a good time while you're out there, and make sure that everyone around you has a bit of fun as well. So, I think that one is definitely one that sticks with me.
0: Yeah, I think you've I think you've nailed it there. Yeah, you've nailed life there. But no, the blind boy one is uh, is really good, and you know he's obviously he's he, he's humor but he's also very deep and he he, he you know talks a lot about mental health and, it, uh, and it's great to to have that and the platform he has you know he's doing great things yeah, it. i heard it, I, I heard a great i don't know if it was from les brown who i listen to a lot of motivational speaker. i think pat falvey was on the podcast uh, the adventurer he was talking about it but he said something I think it could have been, as I said, you know, to wanted to, to, to die empty, not die full. So what he meant by that is, you know, go and do the things, you know, go and experience life, go and take opportunities, go and say yes to things and work it out, you know, um, don't, don't come to the end and then you're like, Oh Jesus, I didn't really live at all, you know? So I think um, this kind of what you said there is, is, just just get it all out there, live life. Um and I think of the one thing that's taught us over the last couple of years is you know, things can uh, things outside of your control can happen. Um you can choose to go one way or the other, really. You know, you just have to right. um you know push on with life, um, live it um and surround yourself with the people that's gonna like you are with the uh, with say I'm sure in your, your inner circle friends away, but also in your team that just you know each other up cheer each other on you're each other's kind of cheerleaders so to speak and it's, it's one and the other person succeed as much as yourself so um that's brilliant i really enjoyed that chat dylan uh, and i am really interested in ultimate frisbee now <laughs> so <for> me. <laughs> i just have to find someone to to play frisbee with i suppose <laughs> it's hard done, to do yeah. it on your own i suppose how do you <laughs> yeah. train on your own anyways that's a, that's a kind of a, just a, a last question there yeah um, do you good. have like targets that you can kind of hit and stuff or
1: yeah this is really kind of visualization of you know throwing the right throw and i suppose maybe from experience that you can kind of i could visualize maybe was, oh, that didn't go quite where i wanted to go oh i guess it didn't have quite the curve that i want on it um but yeah it is just kind of that and you can use targets like you know trees or bags or but after a while you can kind of just visualize of like oh it didn't i didn't feel like i got a lot of snap on that or yeah you, you can with you the can wind is a great too. test. you can see yeah Yeah, you've
0: got that sort of experience now to know if that was a good one or that one was slightly off. But uh, brilliant, great stuff. Appreciate you coming on um, and giving up your time uh, on a Wednesday evening. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to start watching a bit more of it, and uh, wouldn't mind getting over and having a look at it when uh, when you've got a match or when that tournament's on. And um, uh, and uh, I think yeah, if anyone's listening hasn't hasn't watched it, that's what I've been watching the last day or two on YouTube. Uh, it's exciting, it's fun, it looks and it's athletic. You know, it's serious. Um, serious athleticism from the players so check it out if you haven't and um, if people did want to maybe just check it out and have a look where'd well, be a good place to go uh dylan just um, to check it out
1: so i'm pretty sure that the irish flying disc association has a youtube page itself and uh that then does have uh all the finals i think of the last couple of years up on it uh even googling uh, or youtubing ultimate frisbee you'll quite you, you quite easily find a lot of uh, Irish or you'll find a lot of American highlights and stuff um, and then obviously you'll find highlights anywhere on YouTube if you type in Ultimate Frisbee I know Nathan Kaacovic is a Canadian guy who's very good for putting up quite in- enticing you know highlight reels that'll get you pumped and excited to play frisbee um, but obviously they are if you're looking for Irish kind of stuff even typing in Irish Ultimate Frisbee you'll get highlights from the last couple of years. And then if people are even thinking about joining, if you look up uh, Irish Flying Disc Association or Irish Ultimate Frisbee on Google, I think it'll take you to the IFDA website. And that has a large amount of info of every club that exists in Ireland, any kind of events that are going on and even newsletters and how to, you know, reach out if you wanted to give it a go. There's events up that you could maybe want to go down if you want to go down and view one for a week or, or for a day, a week or something like that. I think the IFDA website, if you're planning on picking up or wanted to see something in person rather than just on YouTube, I'd say that website is probably the best. Or It's also on Facebook and Instagram, so they generally post all their updates on that.
0: Brilliant stuff. I will check that out as well. I just came up with a name, Dylan, the Kalani Flyers. What do you
1: reckon? Got <laughs> to get the it's, trademark on it now, yeah, before just, it gets just, out. It
0: just came to me. I'm going to stop on Instagram it'll be like average joes do you know from dodgeball yeah yeah dodgeball yeah <laughs> <laughs> the kalani flyers yeah um but no uh thanks a lot again for coming on and uh as i said i think it's great to um to have variety and i think that's what i'm all about doing trying new things um you know experiencing new things and that's what it is we tend to be an auto, autopilot a lot and we just kind of go with the flow and we do the things because we're, we feel like we're supposed to do a certain sport but uh I think it's good to get out there, try different things, um, and uh, yeah, no, uh, uh, I'm sure the the listeners will get a lot from that, and they'll be checking it out and hopefully playing a bit, and okay, uh, yeah. yeah, so uh, thanks a million, and uh, uh, we will uh, hopefully see you in action at some stage, and um, we'll bring the Clarny Flyers up to Limerick and and give that you a, 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 a friendly the out.
1: The <laughs> tournament.
0: Brilliant, Dylan, thanks a million, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.